everybody, and uh, welcome back to another exciting episode of Indie Corner Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and I've got my awesome, awesome special guest. We had her last season, uh, but she's come back this season for a brand new episode. And uh, please welcome Victoria Vertuga. How are you doing, Victoria? I'm so good. Thanks for having me back. You can't get rid of me. I'm going to keep coming around like a bad penny. Oh, it's awesome. I can't, I can't wait. Uh, that That's awesome because uh, we were talking about uh, Cole Blows the Wind, I think, the last time and yeah. everything. And it's now like, like it came sort of like it got its premiere and it's yeah. doing pretty well. I mean, uh, are you, are you happy with it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we just wrapped up our festival run, which was awesome. And then, yeah, we're putting it out into the world. Like we're trying a little thing where we're just going to do it direct through our website first and see what happens. And then, you know, put it on the traditional platforms in a few months down the line so yeah it's great it's good it's always nice to um get to this step and like release it right like let it be free let it live with the, and see how people respond to it and like get it out there you know exactly that's great i'm excited yeah. um so all right let's 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 go about a little bit backwards though and talk okay. about other some other stuff before we get back into that but um i i I, th- I don't know if we talked as much about social media. I think we talked a little bit about the last time and everything, but I noticed you don't have a TikTok. I you know? don't. I know. We're going to have to do that. We're going to have to do a TikTok for Cold Blows Wind. I just, you know, if, if, like, if I'm being perfectly honest, if I didn't have to have social media for like all the reasons that I have to have it in this business, I would not be that person. Like it is not, I just don't care. It is not for me. So yeah, TikTok, I haven't gotten on the, on the bandwagon yet. <laughs> So, but, but it is, it is, especially for filmmaking is what I know a lot of people are having a lot of success, you know, utilizing it. And obviously, ironically, it's like the video, the most video friendly one. So you think of like a filmmaker would like it, but it's just fatigue really of like all the constant platforms, you know? Right. I mean, I don't know if you have like a Snapchat, you know, or whatever, right, right, you know, exactly. which I don't think actors need one, you know, no, Snapchat, like, not at all. no, you know, but I mean, I have what I was like, I don't even like this. Like, I don't know. Everybody just kept telling me it was almost like peer pressure. Yeah, hundred percent. That's like all are though. It's always like the new thing, and then some of them stick around forever. Like TikTok, like hit it and people love it. But there's always those ones too where it's like that doesn't really quite take off, right? And you're like, I'm not devoting all this time to this weird platform that's not gonna <laughs> stick around. I I should have waited for Threads because it it mm-hmm. said like if you take off Threads that you take off like Instagram. Yeah. You know, like if you delete your threads, you delete your Instagram account. And yep. I'm like, uh oh, now you're stuck with them both. Exactly. Well, now, now you're stuck with threads because I don't want to yeah. delete because I like my That's Instagram. What I mean, you like Instagram. So now we're all stuck with it. They got us all that way. They're like, ha ha. I hated Instagram for the longest time. I literally mm-hmm. did. And then I don't know why it just kind of won Something me over. Through. Yeah. You know? yeah um, Facebook's still my jam, though. Yeah, oh, Facebook. Yeah, so Facebook happened like when I was in college. That's when Facebook came out, and then like we, you know, you used to just be college kids, right? It was just for college kids. Right, so, like, it was just for yeah. college kids. Mm-hmm. And then all of our parents came on, and we all like vanished and left Facebook. So I'm still on Facebook, but like not as much. I think Instagram is the one I'm on the most, um, just because I don't know, whatever. We all kind of pick one that we like the best, right? And like that's where we go. So yeah, and we yeah uh, we <laughs> mainly. But then I'm hearing all these people saying if you want to maximize your you know popularity and whatever you're doing you need you know linkedin you need uh all these platforms and you need to be posting like three or four or five posts a day on every single one and they all have to be different posts i'm like right i mean i have to make 20 posts a day just to like be somewhat relevant yeah you know 
it's a lot hence why like for me if i ugh, i know it, like it's it i don't i don't really necessarily enjoy that piece of it you know what i mean like when it feels when it feels fun and you want to do it that's one thing when it becomes like this this tedious task like one more thing on your to-do list right then it kind of gets like sucks the fun out of it you know now youtube is a great way yeah. to like show off people like your reels and i saw 100%. some of your real stuff on 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 youtube and then just that's that's awesome that you can get out there and everything like with that so that yeah. social media tool i guess in a way i i, I guess it's considered social media sure. uh, for that yeah why not why not we'll call, <laughs> we'll call everything social media be. yeah exactly it's all under that weird umbrella so let's call it that yeah, yeah I, I usually use youtube just as like a placeholder like a, like it's just a great kind of platform to send links of videos that you need to have up somewhere, right? It's so, yeah. Do you ever use it to, like, help yourself, like, learn more about acting or oh, anything like that? Oh, like, to look up other things? Yeah, or, like, if I, honestly, more than acting, not so much, but, like, it, more like, oh, my thing is broken, my, like, deep fryer is broken, <laughs> you know, like, like, weird YouTube tutorials on, like, how to fix stuff like that, for sure. It's great for that kind of thing. <laughs> It was yeah. like I don't know. There's a there's a newest South Park episode. And they use that as yes. an example. <laughs> I laugh so hard because I'm like, yes. that's exactly true. That's like my my dad uses it to fix like a bathroom or something, you know, or yep. whatever, you know. Yep. But like, you know, it's it's absolutely where we are right now. That you know, is, where that is where we are, mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, it's it's it's, it's a what? good time. Like to go back to like you know, you're saying college. You know, we have we we just got Facebook, and I'm I'm I'm. Pretty sure I'm about your age. Um, yeah. If if not, maybe older. I don't know. But yeah. um, you know, it, it, that's the thing. Like when we're when we're there. Like when I was growing up, all of a sudden, like all every all my friends were bragging about that they had a Facebook and I didn't. I had my stupid MySpace, yeah. you know, or whatever, yeah. and that was it. And uh, and then all of a sudden, Facebook allowed everybody. But um, even before then, we didn't have anything like this. Yeah, you know, well, we had I to like figure I it mean, out yeah it's so true it's so true you had they actually have done studies too on on our brains so it turns out like our generation the piece of our brain that stores data is smaller but the piece of our brain that knows how to find things is bigger like compared to our parents generation because we don't need to retain anything we just know how to figure it out right we know how to go on youtube and find the answer or go on the internet and find the answer to whatever it is that we need so we don't retain as much but like the piece of our brain that knows how to find things is larger so it's it's crazy how what an effect it has on so many different ways that you know, unforeseen. <laughs> but do you ever like miss the days when we didn't have any of this stuff? Oh, like, where I it was super just miss gone? those days. Or even like the very beginning, like when I was little, little, like, and I had like my first computer, you know, and whatever. Like, I miss like chat rooms. They were so probably like inappropriate and not cool, or whatever. But like, I miss like <laughs> there's going, probably like, some like 35 year old man talking without to you. Without a doubt. And I'm like eight in the chat room, you know, but like, whatever. I just miss like going into random chat rooms and like talking to people. Because you know what I miss is like what in i don't know it feels like in early 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 days everything is so agended now and it's like they're always trying to feed you stuff like so many ads and like trying to get you to click on things and it's become so divisive and all these Clickbait. things all the algorithms it's all whatever like back in the day there was none of that right it was just people it's just like people trying to connect with people even myspace i feel like we judged myspace unfairly but there was like a kind of like a a purity or like a simplicity to MySpace where it's just like, here's me and my code on my page, designing my, you know, whatever, putting the music and the background on my page. And like, I don't know, it just, it feels, uh, it just felt like we were in it because we liked it and wanted to do it. And now it's kind of, again, back yeah. to something you're you like, do, what, and... top eight friends yeah, or whatever, you know, yep. and, yep. and uh, I remember a lot of mine were like the movies I was trying to get off the ground or whatever. So I just Love put it. those, those things in there. Um, but 
I, yeah, I miss, I miss those days. I miss, that means the days before, like, yeah, I remember when the, the greatest thing was when I figured out you could print out lyrics to songs oh, on the so computer. Good. Yes. Like, that was just, to me, that was like, yes. oh my God, this is what I'm using the internet for. Yes. You know? Look at up song lyrics. Yes. I love, yes. I love genius where like it not only gives you the lyrics, it gives you like what it means or, you know what I mean? Like the slang or the whatever, like that's, that, that's even like next level. I, yeah, I that never, way. I didn't know about that. That sounds oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, that it's, sounds it's genius. Site. Yeah. But so it has like the lyrics, but then also it, like everything that is, I don't know, like a, a saying or a whatever, it'll have like a little thing that you click, you know, mouse over and it'll tell you like what it means or whatever in the context of, you know, slang or that or the history of that artist or whatever the case. It's cool. You should, now you have a whole new thing to go explore. So go, go, go for it. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I like that. Uh, I, I don't, I also like looking up like the meanings of songs, even oh, though totally. like every, if you look up on Reddit, like everybody has a, has a meaning to every song, like, oh no, this is what it means. And it's the exact yep. opposite. Like, of argue what... over it. I love it. Yeah. Reddit, Reddit is always a good time. Reddit threads are funny. I feel like, uh, Sometimes I just like to Google, like if somebody, this is like a terrible thing to admit, but do you ever feel like you're the only one who like doesn't like something? Like you're the only one who doesn't get this movie or like this movie or like this TV show or whatever. Sometimes I'll literally Google like, am I the only one who thinks this is like a fucking piece of shit? And I'll always end up on some Reddit thread of people like bashing something that agree with me. And I'm like, oh, it's nice to not feel alone at least. Yeah, but then, you know, cause, you know, Facebook is the exact same, except yeah. people like there, there might be a mixture and then yeah. somebody doesn't like, um, Literally, somebody deleted me because I said that there was some controversy with Britney Spears. Just that's all I said. Like, I and I said a happy birthday to her, you know. And then and somebody then thought I was like making fun of her or something. I guess. Yeah, and, well, see, and like, that's and that's the downside. That's like that's what we've come to, where people can't just like have normal discussions or like disagree. Or everyone's so so ready to be offended at everything, right? Everyone is so like ready to fight and to assume that you mean something bad. You know, there's that famous meme on the internet. It's like I like oranges, and it's like that means you don't like apples, and you fail to mention bananas. Like, did it? You know what I mean? It's like that kind of a thing where we just it it can be ridiculous for sure. It's a yeah. That goes to the whole apples and oranges, but yes. you know, like yes. it. I don't know. It. It's one of those things where I'm just like I'm kind of tired of, of everybody. Get, you know, and I mean I'll get upset at somebody dissing something you know that i like but i won't be like deleting the person over it you know and we're all different right we have different opinions like how boring would the world be if everybody agreed about everything all the time like i don't know how i don't know what happened to us where we we take someone's disagreement as like a personal attack or like a sign of disrespect and it's like we have different opinions we have different experiences it's fine that's what makes us cool it's like if you how boring of a life it would be again if like you're only surrounding yourself people who mimic and parrot and agree with every single thing you think and say like i think this is really right I, I mean i yeah i, I got deleted by a, a filmmaker once for actually disagreeing with him and i found out that that was a thing he does he blocks people who disagree he wants nothing but yes people and i was <laughs> like i don't understand that at all like if you no. um I, I love to to have like i'm non-political so yep. i don't have you know um, I'm friends with, you know, uh, liberals, conservatives, everybody in between. I don't care. Yep. You know, you're all the same as long as, you know, you're nice. And exactly. And... As long as there's some mutual respect, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a, there's room for disagreement. We don't all have to agree. Like you can still respect somebody and disagree with them. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't, I don't understand any of that, but nope. other people, 
do whatever you know you do you sensitive yeah yeah you know exactly it's fine i think it's probably a a blessing that those kind of people deleted you anyway right you don't want to you know you think that and then i'm i'm a people pleaser i don't know if you are yourself i'm a people pleaser so i get really i i'm trying not to be but it's really hard like i don't even i haven't figured out a code to that i don't know if you know any any cheats to to becoming not a people pleaser but i am people struggle with that a lot i don't know in my business um it's not so much about people pleasing it's it's just like i get rejected so much and like it's so many opinions thrown at me all the time that i can't like I mean, sometimes you take it personally, right? We're human, but I, I think you just develop uh, the ability to like let it slide off you more because it's like it's it's impossible to please everybody all the time. It is literally impossible. And as a creative and an artist, like you don't want to, right? Like you can't possibly create something that every person is going to like. Like it's gonna be you you. I think the best things are polarizing. Like people love it or they hate it, and that's fine because you're like we can't possibly be for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So I think I think like just reminding yourself of that, like that's a them problem it's not a you problem like people are gonna respond to you not everyone's gonna like you not everyone's gonna like your work that's just part of life right well have you ever gotten like a really nasty message or or like comment all the time time. what's so funny is so like my last project lexi right was about this influencer um who like moves into a house and she's kind of being bullied online all this weird stuff's going on and she's kind of starts spiraling but it's uh, she's also like it's it's a commentary on like social media and influencers and that whole I love thing. Lexi um yeah thank you but uh like it's ironic because she's being like bullied online and people are talking all kinds of smack about her but like the comments about like me and Lexi on like the trailer and stuff like that are so mean and it's so funny to me I'm like this is very meta you know like you're like <laughs> it's a meta girl who's like you're like you're, and then you're like bullying me who plays like it's just, like so you're stupid. bullying me because I'm playing that part but right, in right, real life right. it's not you Right. So yeah, I, I get tons of weird stuff thrown at me all the time. Um, so yeah, you you kind of just like, I think, uh, you know, I don't necessarily seek it out. Although sometimes I mean, my, I have a friend too. Sometimes, sometimes it is funny to read like the, the bad stuff. <laughs> sometimes it's just I don't know how to explain it like people are nuts so but yeah you you definitely get I mean it's inevitable you're gonna get hate hate stuff thrown out to you all the time you know what I mean I love that like Jimmy Kimmel had that little bit I think I think it was yeah, on so Jimmy Kimmel yeah where they, yes. they yeah they read the like the mean tweets yes. and some of the stuff people said were horrible it's and so they horrible. just one of them I, I don't know who it was um but somebody like almost cried it looked like and because i think it was really live like they weren't expecting this to like you know be yeah. like that and it was yeah. pretty harsh and i was like oh man um yeah. i don't know why people do i i, I know when um you know and and i'd love to talk to you about this because there's been a lot of controversy involving like a certain actress i won't go into anything because i don't want to whatever but a certain hollywood actress who uh, said some things in an interview about like the the film that she's remaking mm-hmm. and if you people can probably take from whatever i don't know if you know who that is or not but uh she got a lot of flack for that because yeah. she like pretty much went on a uh thing uh about that and uh, uh as a person who does you know interviews and other things you know yeah. do you feel like sometimes you have to be careful what you say because like no matter what what some one side or the other side could like sort of attack it Interpret it, and, and yeah I mean that kind of goes back to the yeah you definitely do I, I think I think 
<laughs> it's so complicated, right? It's like, I think if you lead with respect, then like that, then you're doing the best you can. You know, I think it's, it's, if somebody wants to be offended by something you do or say, they're going to find a reason to be offended by something you do or say. Right. So again, I think that like, as long as I am behaving in a way that I think is appropriate and I'm being respectful and I'm doing my best and I'm, you know, I, I can't really worry about how people are going to interpret that um, or what they're, what flaws they're going to try to find. Because if you want to find something wrong with something I've said or done, I'm sure there's tons to find, but <laughs> we're all out here doing our best. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's true though. Like um, I remember being on Twitter and, and I was defending an actor for whatever and it's stupid me, but this guy was like, I'm going to go through all your, you know, tweets and find something, you know, and I'm like, why? <laughs> like, yes. Like, yes. what? Are, what is so wrong with people like that? Yes. They will, you know, and I don't think I said anything negative in any of my tweets. I ended up one day deleting that Twitter just because it's like at one point I was sick of it. I was almost done. But then I came back. I have another Twitter uh page that i use but yeah just now to check up on things because sometimes i get news from twitter weirdly yeah enough. for sure it could be a great source of news yeah yeah that's the thing i mean like if i don't know i feel like those people need a hobby right you're just gonna go like search through someone's entire twitter history to find something that is offensive so you can try to like cancel them or get people mad at them or whatever it's like yeah i think that we we have to offer each other a little bit of grace right there's a don't get me wrong like some behavior is reprehensible and inexcusable. And I'm not saying that that's like a, that's a different thing, but like all of us have said dumb stuff at some point in our lives. Like all of us have done something we're like embarrassed about, or like that didn't come out right, or I didn't mean it that way or whatever. That's very human. So I, I think if you, again, if you're looking for that, you're going to find it from anybody. So like, let's give each other a little grace and not just assume like the worst that we all, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like normal jobs. Like if you worked at Walmart, Walmart's not going to fire you for a tweet you said unless exactly it was like right. they're not going to be looking through your tweets like they don't yeah, care right? they don't care but yeah. like in the Hollywood sort of and and whatnot world that becomes a problem right. you know because people can do that and it gets like worldwide news you know right. you working exactly. at Walmart is not news. worldwide news no, you know no one cares right and, and again it's back to clickbait right it's like everyone's trying to uh you know sell a headline or whatever get you to look at their story so the more salacious they can make something sound the more scandalous they can make something sound the more likely you are to click on it so yeah it's like just stirring up drama right that's 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 the worst when you say like I see these YouTube videos and they'll be like they'll say something so dramatic and I'm like, Oh my God. And then they will be like, this was the rumor that I heard. Right. It's a whole lot of nothing. Right. Yeah. I'm like, okay. yeah. I'm like, it would be, a, I guess it's a slow news day. I don't know, right. but like, right. don't tell like, me. Hy yeah. Hypothetical, like hypotheticals. We're just going to throw them on headlines. You know, I heard that he heard that they heard it's like, that's not news. Come on. No, no, but they won't even say that. They don't say that in the headline yeah. because they want you to click no, on no, it. The Cause they, Yes. They'll be like, this is what happened to this person. And I'll be like, oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah, but no, this really no. didn't. But uh, la, la, la. but like, it could. It might. Yeah. You're like, what it might this? happen. Uh, you know, probably not. But, you know, you never know. <laughs> like, I don't understand any of that. No. You know, uh, so you actually like you live and work in Hollywood, right? If I'm correct. So you got to see like the stuff day to day you know, kind of life and everything. Is it ever like, is, does it really ever feel like the hustle and bustle that like they kind of make it out to be? Oh yeah. I think it's, it is very hustle bustly. I think it's also, um, 
like it is what you make it right I think it's a, it's really easy for people to kind of get caught up in stuff and like lose perspective and um this is this is an industry with a lot of egos and I think it's really easy to just like get in a spiral where you're like obsessed with yourself um so I think I, I think there's things you can do to like mitigate those effects and like you know keep yourself grounded and have a little perspective on stuff <laughs> I think that's important you know yeah yeah have other things that matter in your life and like like I, I help run a non-profit dog rescue like volunteering and um having people in your life that are going to call you on your shit and keep you grounded and realizing that like it's yeah even though this is a passion for us and like I, like it there's things that are more important right do you know what I mean or like there's it's not the only part of life right well I, I and I think that happens a lot with like you know, to go back to sort of the celebrity sort of thing is a lot of celebrities don't have people who are grounded. They have other people that are just like them. And the problem with that is they're all looking for the same thing, you know? Yeah. So if they're booking, you know, want to book one part, the other person tries to book the part and it becomes like, you know, it's not as much fun, but when you do have somebody grounded in your life, when you're just out there, you know, working your magic, you know, that can tell you like, Hey, you know, calm down a little bit yes, you're not yes, you're not yes. as special as you think you are because i mean that's what that's what movie is right ego a little bit yeah it is for sure yeah i mean and we have there's so many things that you have to be thinking about all the time that like that I, I understand how like i understand the trap you know that you can fall into in terms of like just thinking about yourself all the time how you look and this and your latest headshot your latest footage and, your da -da -da -da, and it's all about you 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 so like i think it's important to take a step back and you know uh, I love that you do dog rescues and yeah. stuff. That's awesome. How'd yeah. you get into that? Oh, I've been volunteering forever. So um, I've been an animal lover my whole life. Uh, I, you know, grew up with dogs, obviously, and um, grew up riding horses. And just, I, I've loved animals forever. So uh, I, in college, I started volunteering at the South LA shelter, um, one of the city shelters here in LA. And and I've just been volunteering ever since. So now I help work with an organization called Angel City Pitbulls. Um I adopted my second dog from them and then I've been doing stuff with them ever since. So we actually occupy a facility that used to be the old South LA shelter. They moved to a larger place. So we're there, a cat rescue is there and like a low cost vet clinic. And then we're mostly foster based. So most of our dogs are in foster homes, but the facility kind of allows us more flexibility to pull more dogs. Um, it's kind of like a headquarters for us too. I help run play groups for the dogs. I do a lot of adoption counseling. We do a ton of like community outreach and, and low cost uh, food drives and um we do free training and stuff like that so it's it's great i love i love dogs where the shelters right now not to get on a whole another tirade the shelters in the whole country are like beyond um suffering like completely full uh euthanasia rates are way up uh you know largely covid had a huge impact on the economy so we're seeing like the, the implications of that people losing housing losing jobs and stuff so then having to surrender pets so we're in a rough rough shape right now um so it's not always very easy work but it is uh rewarding and important so yeah for sure. That's yeah, that kind of sucks that right now that's I never even I didn't know it was in a rough shape. Um Oh yeah, it's really bad. It's it's like like I said, I've been volunteering since college. This is like the um so there's been here in LA, there's the no kill LA movement. So um and that's not just here, other cities have it as well, but uh basically trying to get uh to a ninety percent save rate, meaning that ninety percent of the animals are making it out of the shelter alive. Because the thought being that their medical and behavioral often account for about ten percent. So even no kill doesn't mean like 
healthy adoptable animals aren't being killed. It just means that 90% of animals that come in are making it out of the shelter. Uh, and so when I started volunteering, um, the save rate was like around like a 60 to 70%. And then we've gotten really, really close to 90% uh, for a few years, but it's, it's dropped way back down the past, the past two years. So um, shelters are insanely packed. We have like two to three dogs in the kennels um, and one kennel attendant for one dog. They have pop-up crates like all in the hallways. Uh, South LA has a capacity of like 300 and we have like about 500 animals there right now. So that's, Oh, wow. So um, 200, so ma like more than yes. so what you're supposed to have. Exactly. So you're having all these do double dogs and kennels, which, you know, then they can have fights and injure each other. Um, we're having dogs living in crates for months at a time. Obviously, then, you know, we run out of room and dogs have to be euthanized. Well, dogs and cats have to be euthanized for space. So that's that's crappy all around. So, yeah, it's it's rough shape. So please stay new to your pets and adopt. Do not buy from a breeder. That is my spiel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess breeders they get a lot of money, right? So they that's why Um, they breeding do it. is really that's part of the problem that is contributing here in LA, at least I'm sure probably nationwide. So again, you know, there's a lot of economic factors that come into play. Uh, so one kind of quick, easy way to make a buck is to sell some puppies, right? You get get your hands on some unfixed dogs and breed them and sell some puppies. So like if you drive around my neighborhood right now, like you'll see signs up for like Australian Shepherd puppies and like Connie Corsos are really popular right now and like whatever. So we're we're pulling my rescue. We're a pit bull rescue uh, primarily, but we do um, we do pull other dogs when they need medical care or, or the shelter asks us. So I can't tell you the amount of puppies we're seeing right now, litters and litters of puppies, because um, they get sick with parvo or like, or they dump the injured ones and the ones that are come out bad. Cause just because, you know, backyard bred dogs are often not healthy. They're often not breeding very healthy, sound dogs. So you end up with dogs with a lot of medical problems. So yeah, we we're, we're just swimming in puppies, like, because there's so much breeding going on. Um, how are pits like, you know, today, like, are they, cause I remember a lot of times people were really against pit bulls Yeah, and yeah, stuff. there's, there's still tons of discrimination against pit bulls, unfortunately. Like, you'll see, and sometimes in other breeds, too, sometimes they'll, they'll call, like, they'll have, like, a power breed restriction, which can include, like, mastiffs and pit bulls and sometimes rottweilers or whatever. But, um, yeah, you see a lot of discrimination in terms of apartment buildings not allowing them or homeowners insurance not covering your home if you have a pit bull and stuff. So there's definitely still in um, discrimination against the breed. I think it's, it's slowly changing and it's improving. But, yeah, if you look historically just over – you know, decades, there's always like a villain of the time. Like at one point it was like a Doberman was like the villain dog at one point, like a Rottweiler was the villain dog. So I remember when the Doberman was, because I think my parents had a Doberman then, you know. So Mm now it's been Pitbulls. It's just that Pitbulls have been like, on, their their turn on the wheel has been lasting a really long time. So um, I think, I think, you know, opinions are changing. You know, the reality is that Pitbulls are dogs. They're dogs. Some, you know, they're individuals, just like people are individuals. So there's, yeah, uh, you know, you can't apply one blanket rule to like any breed of dog. Um, so yeah, uh, I think we're seeing the stigma slowly change, but it is, it, you know, it is going slower than, uh, obviously people would like it. Then, you, then you'd like, you know, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. And are you, do you own two pit bulls or do you I, own? Yeah. Well, I have three. We lost our, we usually have three, but, um, so I, yes, I adopted my first dog. Um, as soon as, as soon as I got a house, I was like, yay, time for a dog. So that was 2011. My first dog was Riley. He was from the South LA shelter. He's named after the character in the boondocks. Um, and then we always wanted another one. So, uh, after he like settled and decompressed and stuff, we got a girl named Jojo. Um, so those two have passed away. Um, we usually have three at a time though, but, uh, now I just have two I'm fostering. And then when we find a good fit we'll end up keeping them so i have uh butters and donkey are my two dogs right now oh uh, and, and my my second like my second iteration my jojo butters and donkey are the dogs in lexi that people have like very strong opinions on it's really funny um 
Oh, that's right. That's right. My dogs go watch Lexi. Uh, But they're great. So I love them. They're the best. They make me so happy. Dogs are dogs are delightful. They're like joyous and unconditionally loving and in the moment, you know, they're great. It's like such a great energy to have around. Hey, uh, you directed a a dog in a movie. That's that's hard. You know, (laughs) you directed to three. Right. I like I, I just kind of let them do their thing and work around, you know. But yeah, it is. I love the comments of like no dogs would act like this. Like these are the laziest dogs ever. It's so funny. I'm like, those are like my actual dogs. And that's just. How yeah, they're, they're, they're just that's being how lazy. They they're just being yeah. there themselves. Yeah, exactly. You know? Great. That's funny. <laughs> um, If I if I ever have like my dogs, like uh, I'm, I'm uh, watching my uh, sister's dog right now Hi. and. Uh, she's in the other rooms, yeah. You know, um, but uh, if she she may jump on the bed at some yeah. point and just jump back off or whatever, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, so uh, I love I love dogs like absolutely. I, I was a dog person. Um, I'm a cat person. I mean, you know, I'm just not a snake person necessarily. Like, Fair. you know, yeah, that, I'm not a super snake person either. Like, is it a living animal? Then, like, I like it. But like, uh, reptiles are not my. I like lizards. Like, they're pretty cool. But snakes are not my super favorite you know i could yeah them. like i don't i'm not gonna go pet a snake i'm sorry i don't care how nice you think he is i'm yeah. i know um one, like... one of my babysitters growing up had a boa constrictor and she used to have to feed it like the mice oh god that's so traumatic to me because i'm like a lover of furry creatures and so like watching a snake eat mice is like oh no i can't no that's another thing again i couldn't uh, no. my cat would kill animals yeah. you know i don't like that but no. it, it, yeah. he doesn't do it as much or if he does it as much he doesn't do it as much around the house <laughs> yeah oh yeah, man i had a cat there. once that would just oh she would kill the uh animal and then my dog would bring it upstairs and leave it by my bed lovely a little by my pillow yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because he thought, yeah, oh, she thought, crying. oh, she was doing something nice for me. Yeah. This is a little present. I was yeah. like, oh, a little something from me to you. You're like, no, thanks. So did you grow up with dogs? Yeah, 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 for sure. I grew up with dogs. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. Yeah, dogs and cats and horses, the whole shebang. Horses? Yeah, I grew up riding horses. Nice. Um, so my, we moved to, my family moved to the UK when I was like, actually when I was six weeks old and I lived there until I was five. Um, and my family started riding horses when we lived over there and then we came over here and still road horses so yeah i used to do like grand prix i did english um hunter jumpers and i did yeah i was like super competitive and i loved it um yeah i miss i miss that somebody put me in a movie with a horse so i can ride again please uh, yeah i mean that's something you can put on your resume oh yeah like... without a doubt yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's so funny because i have like like so horse riding again i did it since i could walk like i've been riding my whole life um uh and then like firearms and i haven't gotten to do either of those in a movie i'm like someone put me in a western come on man (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can do firearms and you can do the horse stuff like why haven't it why haven't you been in a western yet i don't know i keep asking the universe i'm like you guys come on well you gotta write it yourself then i know i do unfortunately like that you know the money for a western you need you need the money (laughs) so i think we found the problem you know Especially yeah. with independent filmmaking, yeah, you know, you know, you need you need good set design. You need then you got to deal with horses and firearms. It's a whole extra thing. It's like that's a lot. That's a lot. That's why I just want someone to cast me in it. So I don't have to worry about the producer part. It's just you don't have to worry about the producing part. <laughs> you just walk in there and see. Yes. That's that's the thing I realized when I when I acted because I act in uh, other people's stuff sometimes, and it's yep. so much fun. Oh my god! Because I, like I don't have to like not your problem. Yeah, not your problem, right? All I have to do is Maybe. like you point me where I need to be, and that's it. 
And I love then it. I don't, I don't have to tell you guys anything. I don't have to say anything. I can shut my mouth and just enjoy being on set. And I, that's actually what saved me from leaving the industry, actually. Because yep. at one point I was just like, I'm done. I just want to be a screenwriter. And that's yep. it. Not a producer, not a director, not anything else. Like just screenwriter. That's it. All I have to do is write and then somebody else can go make the mess, you know, and everything. Exactly. And then I acted in something and I had so much fun yeah. on the set. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is, I don't want to give this up, you know? Totally. So I always thank my friend, Robert uh, Elkins. He's a director and he nice. put me in a short nice. film that just pretty much made me excited to, to make stuff you know, again, and everything. It. Yeah, I'm just something magical about being on set, right? Like, it is great. But yeah, it is, I, like, when I started, you know, writing and producing and directing and stuff, it's like, uh, now when I get hired to act, it's like, oh my God, it feels like so easy because it's like one thing, I have one thing to worry about. It's, you know, compared to when I'm doing my projects, it's like nothing, you know? Yeah, like, you don't, you don't have, but do you ever, like, have a problem where you, because you are a producer now and you have produced things that you sort of look at things and then oh. you're like, I want to, I want to go in there and change that, you know? I, it's, yes, I more notice like, <laughs> like I'm very aware when things are going wrong, you know, how they usually like, they'll try to hide, like, I'm very aware of like what's going on and I'm very aware of like how I would do things, but it's not my problem. So I, I like, <laughs> you just wash your hands of it. Like, yeah, it's totally. that easy for you? Like, yeah, it really kind of is because it's like, it's not it's not my problem, right? I'm just there to act. So I do my damnedest and I do my best work as an actress and that's all I got to worry about. Like the rest of it isn't on me, right? It's not, it's, so it's obviously if somebody like asked me for my opinion or like for help on something, I'm not a total dick. I wouldn't be like, I'm not, you know, but usually they don't, they don't. It's like, you're the talent, go sit over there, right? So it's like, fine, I'll, that's what I'll do. I'll go sit over here. And when things are going wrong, it's not my problem. <laughs> By the way, the yeah. uh, the lighting up above you makes you look like an angel. Like you have oh, a little nice. halo oh, on your head. Nice. I just noticed that. I was like, wait a minute. It looks like you're an angel right now. That's amazing. I'll take it. Telling everybody everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I want to go back to like, yeah, um, to acting period. Yeah. Like, so that's your number one thing, right? Like that's. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I started with. Right. That's, that was my first love, I guess we could say. And then I started writing because I was just kind of dissatisfied with the opportunities I was getting as an actress and the roles I was playing. So I was like, I guess if I want to you know, play some dope ass characters. I got to write them myself. So then, you know, after the writing came all the other stuff, right? The producing and the directing and all the hats you have to wear. So uh, yes, I do love writing though. I think writing is so challenging. I think writing is the hardest thing that I, the hardest thing to do, the hardest part of it all. Um, you know, the writers are the only ones making something from nothing. Everybody else is building their vision on top of what the writers have created. So yeah, I, I, I find that very challenging, but very rewarding. But yes, acting is probably my favorite. Producing, I'm very good at, but like, I don't necessarily like it. You know, I like being in charge mm -hmm. and I like being able to set the tone for my set and like treat people well and hire good people and assemble the whole thing and whatever. But like, yeah, I would be happy to have other people do that you know and, and not have to <laughs> yeah you'd rather have somebody else like well you know yeah. and it's funny because i've heard like a phrase where somebody said like they would be a uh there's a producer right and they would write if they had the time you mm -hmm. know they would be the writer if they had the time you know or whatever and yeah. producers don't have the time to 
to do anything but produce generally. It is so much work. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think some people don't really understand what a producer is. And I think because there's so many, well, first of all, there's different kinds of producers. And secondly, unfortunately, you can kind of get producer credit without actually doing anything. So I think there's kind of a misconception that producers don't do anything, but if you're actually the one producing, you are doing everything right you're like the project manager of that movie or that tv show or that whatever like you are making it all happen so it's so much work at every step of the you know process i uh i showed somebody my imdb once and this was a guy who was uh um he was looking for somebody to be um a daniel radcliffe stand-in and so they were like can you send me your uh well it was before then i just wanted to be a uh, it, it was for a movie called Imperium. It was shot in Richmond, and they wanted me to just be a. Uh, I just I just wanted to be a, a KKK member. That was it. Like I was like that would be fun. I could shave my head, have an oh excuse God. to shave my head, whatever you know. And I don't care. It would be kind of cool, whatever. So I sent them the message, and they looked at my IMDb, and they were like, "Wow, you're." are you sure you want to be an extra in this? You know, whatever. I was like, think if you want to give me a part, you know, but yeah, uh, I didn't like, say yeah. that, but no, they were like, like, you know, yeah, cause they looked at my thing. I had a lot more stuff than just being an extra. I was usually I actually have like a, uh, you know, I've acted in a bunch of different stuff. So yeah. it's not like, you know, and most of it's not extra work, but um, at least I don't put that on IMDb. I don't know if yeah. you do or not, but I try not to no, put a I lot of that on there. But because... it, yeah, in general, you, you background work wouldn't be wouldn't be listed on IMDb. It's only like principal roles. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that that guy ended up telling me I got the role as a standing, even though I was a couple inches shorter than Daniel. And you then, money, so rock on. But then never contacted me. Again. Oh, so like, never mind. I found out from my agent that he had. Uh, uh, he had found somebody else. They had found somebody else, but they never like, like, because I wrote to them back going, "Hey, I'll still be a KKK member, you know. Just send me the information, you know, to come out or whatever." So that ended up happening. It kind of sucked, but uh, you know, but it's cool. I, you know, I just I figured I'm I'm a more positive person on things. I figure, oh man, the next time I actually meet Daniel Radcliffe, I'll be directing him, so it'll be okay. Love it, you know, love right. Like yes. you have to have that kind of attitude, especially yeah. when you're doing auditions, right? Yeah, absolutely. What was like, was there an audition that you were just so disappointed you didn't get? Oh, so many, so very many. What so what comes to mind? Um, so I got to do a, um, okay. So in back in the day, a few years ago, like when we had more normal pilot seasons, uh, so pilot season would run from kind of like january to march and it's, it's when they're casting for the the new shows that are coming out so casting offices will do what they call pre-reads which are like very early auditions in the casting process um and a lot of times they will bring in actors that they know will do a good job so they can see the material done well uh before they're like figuring out what names they want to offer it to kind of a deal so a lot of times yeah a lot of times you kind of are doing these pre-reads knowing that there's offers on the table to like people and you're probably not going to get it and so that happens. So um, there was an office that had cast me in Dexter and they brought me in to do uh, a pilot for called You're the Worst. Um, and it was a role of Gretchen and I freaking loved that role so hard. Aya Cash got it eventually and she's freaking amazing in it. Um, but yeah, I like wanted that role so bad. Um, there was also 
Um, there was, oh, there's been so many. I try to not think about this, and now you're like making me like, oh, sorry, because it's like, you're bringing up bad memories. Yeah, yeah, because you're trying to let it go. Like, you're trying to, like, uh, there was this, uh, guest star in Atlanta that I wanted that, um, they ended up changing it actually, like, drastically from the script that I had, but I really wanted to be on Atlanta so bad. I was very curious about, like, working with Donald Glover and what that set was like and stuff. Um, and that, yeah, the role originally as written was like wacky and wild and so fun. Um, it ended up being very different in the finish product but um i really wanted that oh there's been so many there's so many things there's so many things all the time yes yeah kind of sucks i mean to think about mm -hmm. but then but then again it's it's one of those things where like i just heard um that uh, uh jack nicholson was up for the role of the old man in um christmas story oh in christmas story yeah in a christmas story so he was up for that role that Derek McGavin ended up getting. Yeah. And I'm like thinking, no, no, I, I can't see anybody but Derek McGavin playing that yeah, role. Yeah, there's a very interesting, um, it, it's, I think it's for the characters of The Office where they do all the auditions of all the actors who read for the characters in The Office and it's so interesting to see. I mean, that's that's the thing, like obviously I, I cast in for the projects that I, you know, I'm writing and producing myself. So like, it, it's not always about like the person who comes in and does the best performance because you're like trying to, fit all these pieces together right so sometimes somebody comes in and like their essence is just so right for how you saw that character that it doesn't really have anything to do with obviously you want their acting to be good and hopefully it has to be at a certain level but like sometimes somebody can come in and just do an amazing job but they're not right for the person they're not right for that role right and you can't control that as an actor so that's that's part of what makes it so challenging is because like so many of the reasons that you don't book a role don't have anything to do with you. They don't have anything to do with your talent or your work ethic or your anything. It's just like how those pieces fit together and the essence of that character, like whether you like embody that or don't. Um, and you can't know that. So yeah, that's one of the, you know, that's just how it goes. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that because how can you show, can, I mean, do you know, like how some an actor can show essence on a Zoom thing. Like, is there a way to do that? No, I mean, I think your essence is your essence, right? You're you're bringing it with you no matter where you are. Um, are you sure? Because like Zoom, I feel like is a completely different thing than like in person. Like in person, you can kind of feel the vibe in a way or whatever. But during Zoom, you know, necessarily sometimes I feel like you can't, you know, as much. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I think, uh, I get it. Like, I'm a person who liked being in the room as well. But um, I think people kind of sometimes, I think your work is your work. And you, the, like the choices you make and the point of view you have on stuff is going to come through whether it's Zoom or not Zoom. Do you know what I mean? I think as right. far as like a casting person, that's from an actor's perspective. Like, I'm not worrying about the fact that I'm not in the room. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to deliver like a, a solid performance. I'm going to make my choices. I'm going to have strong opinions on things. I, you know, my work is going to be good. So like, it doesn't matter where I am if I'm in the room or on Zoom. But from a casting standpoint, uh, I would absolutely want to have at least a phone call with a person if I've never met them in person um, to make sure that they're not like crazy or a total jerk uh, because that you can't tell, right? Like that you don't know. So I would always do that in addition to like uh, the actual audition, you know? Creepy, creepy or jerk. Like, uh, have you had that like sort of incidences where creepy people come to audition for your film, like Lexi or something? Uh, I, I've had, yeah, I'm not, I mean, just like 
weird actors or like ego or difficult to work with or can't take direction or all those things yeah for sure are you kidding have you yes there's a lot of actors that are challenging in many ways well Um, i know i know but i'm just saying like i So, i so for sure so i will always like again usually when i back before covid i would uh do a first round self tape and then i would have callbacks in person um, and I would just usually have them do an additional scene or give a redirect and make sure that they can take direction. Um, or I would at least have a phone call with somebody to get us. If I, if there were, if their body of work was really strong, uh, I would, I would definitely want to have a phone call with them to make sure like we're going to get along or whatever, because the, the, the vibe on set is so important and one asshole on your set can just totally ruin it. So I think it's so important. And that's again, one of those factors that comes into it. Um, like, I will take a slightly less talented actor that is nice and easy to work with over a more talented actor that is difficult every time, every single time, because that is so much more important to the atmosphere on my set. Um, And I'm going to get a good performance out of a good actor. Right. So like when you're like, you know, talking about good versus great or whatever, I will take the good actor that is easy to work with over the great actor. That's a dick every time. You know, it's funny when the, the, they're bad actors and they're a dick, then There's that's just lot, easy. There are a lot of those, unfortunately. But yes, that is, you wonder like how you really wonder sometimes, you know? Well, like, I mean, because like, once again, it goes to, uh, we live in a world right now where anybody can make a movie. So anybody could cast themselves in any movie, can, you know, put themselves up or uh, you were even talking earlier about producers. I know people who that's all they do is pay for produ- producer perks. And then they go around and say, I'm a producer. Oh, and I'm like, never done anything. you've never yeah. produced anything. You've no, just, I hate, you've I hate just only producer. I hate that. I, like, I feel like it like devalues the work that real producers do. It's like, cause it's so much work, you know? I remember when I was talking to a friend and she, she was sort of new to the industry and everything. And we were working on a project and we we're going to do an Indiegogo for the project. And I was like, well, we got to get these producers. And she goes, wait a minute, producers. What do you No, No, we're the producers. Nobody else is. And I was like, well, we can't do the Indiegogo. Cause like what, what, what perks are we going to give people that are, people are actually going to, going to buy, you know, sure. because unfortunately yeah, that's it. what they buy. I get know? it. And I understand the hustle as a filmmaker for sure. I just, um, yeah, it, it's just like, I think that contributes to like the misconception of like producer not doing anything, right? No, like, and yeah, I agree. I 100%, but yeah. it's, you know, necessary evil for if you're doing a crowdfunder, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, yeah. it's sort of sucks because then, yeah, then people get an ego about, well, because, you know, I, I paid this amount of money. I'm like, well, that's your fault, dude. <laughs> like, yep. I'm sorry. You paid like whatever to be a producer. You don't get any say on anything. Right. You know? Exactly. You're getting that's, producer credit. That's what that's it. That's just the credit. Um, yes. you know, but it doesn't. You know, it it yes. is what it is. Um, yes. Yes. So, so okay. So take me to a day in the life of Victoria Vertuga. Like, oh what God. do you like? What's your normal day life like? There's no normal day, right? It's all it, it varies. Um, so I don't know. Like today. So today. So Monday, I have acting class. Um, so I treat acting class like the gym, right? It's like if you want to stay in shape, you got to keep going to the gym. You can't just go to the gym and be like, I'm done now. You know, you got to keep at it. So so it's like acting gym for me. So I love my class. It's fantastic. Such talented actors. Um, it's great. So yeah, I have that on Mondays, and then um. I came back and we're getting stuff, you know, doing some ad campaigns and stuff for Cold Blue is the Wind. So did some some busy producery duties on that. 
And then I had another podcast at four and then I stuffed my face real quick in between and now I'm talking to you. So that's, that's today, <laughs> but tomorrow will be different. You know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a mix, right? You never know when an audition's popping up, um, really quick turnaround times lately. Uh, so yeah, a lot of times I'll, you know, have to fit that into a lot of times I'll be coming home from like a print gig and then I get a, you know, audition that's due in the morning and I got to get myself tape set up and get that in. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot of that. And then I, again, like I mentioned, I help run the dog rescue. So I'm, I'm volunteering, you know, I'm doing shifts at our facility a couple of times a week. Um, yeah, we have, you know, a lot of events and stuff that we have for that. Um, so if I'm available, I'm obviously helping out with that stuff too. Um, I also have a, a consulting com a company, not a consulting business, um, where I help actors who are looking to get into producing their own projects and don't know where to start and stuff. So I, I help them figure that out and navigate that. So I do that as well. Um, That's really nice. Yeah, it's great. It's super satisfying. I love it. It's really fun. It's really cool to see someone's project come to life or like they come to you and they're like nervous and they want to do it and they don't know where to start. And then, you know, to see them like through that process and, and see them create something and be really proud of it is, is amazing. Um, I think it's so empowering. Like for me, when I started producing and writing, that was one of the best things that I got from it is like feeling empowered. Like I don't just need to be at the the mercy of other people's decisions and other people's perceptions, right? Like I have some control over my own career and my own stuff. So I, I like to give that to actors. I think it's like, it's great. I think it, I think it makes you better in whatever you do. You know, I think the more right. you understand all the pieces of the puzzle, like the more you understand all the various positions in this business, the better you are at whatever you're doing. It makes you just a better collaborator. Um, so yeah, that's really, that's really satisfying and rewarding as well. Um, I also do some like, you know, acting coaching and stuff like that with people. And yeah, so every day is just a mishmash and then writing obviously. Um, and then, yeah, usually, it, you know, still stuff to do on my past project, <coughs> advertising or whatever, what have you. So yeah, it's like a mishmash of all those things. That's <laughs> awesome. You know, how many, like, are you, are, I don't know if you monitor this, but like how many pages do you generally try to write a day? Uh, it varies hugely because again, my schedule is weird. And so I often, it's not ideal for writing because I don't necessarily have like big chunks of time, um, depending on the day, like I'll have windows, you know, between like class and audition and this and that. So, um, I just try to be productive with what the time that I have. So it, it again, it, it varies super widely, um, depending on all kinds of stuff and, and like where you're on the process, right? Like a lot of times you're doing your pre-writing and figuring out your outline and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, so, or sometimes you're, you're cranking out something and like it gets stuck and you need to go back and rework the outline or rework other things when you get there in the process of the writing, you're like, ah, this isn't working. Um, so yeah, I feel like when you're stuck, when you know very clearly what you're doing, like the pages come easy, but, uh, it's, you gotta know where you're going. <laughs> Once right. You know to write, the writing comes easy, right? I mean, do you write treatments and stuff? Yeah. I, I hated treatments for the longest time. I'm not gonna lie. I I, I was one of those guys that are just like fever dream write it and everything. 100%. But I, I'm same. I like I never uh before screenwriting, like you know, talking about like essays in college and all that kind of stuff, like I um and short stories and whatever, I was never a pre-writer. But I think because screenplays are such an unforgiving form and in such a, an art form of scarcity, like every word matters and like every page matters and the white space is so important and you don't have time to dick around like in a novel mm. you can like get where you're going and no one cares how long it takes you to get there but like in screenplay like you you don't have the luxury of time and so i think like it's the structure is so important so i think you have to and i still struggle with that like like i said writing for me i think writing is very very hard to be very good at it like sc screenwriting is a very like unforgiving art you know it's it, like 
you have to hit what you have to hit and you have X number of pages to do it and like everything matters. So um, I think you have to know where you're going. You, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's oh, yeah. Act one, I could write a nine million act ones in 10 seconds right now. But like, you know, because that's like the setup of everything. Like the setup is so easy, but like the middle, <laughs> then you got to write your story, right? <laughs> like You got to know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would write like a treatment and then I would end up going off the treatment and like going on my own thing. And then I have to like reel back. myself back in yeah. or something because yeah. it just was... I'm just so bad at that, but, uh, you know, I've got ADHD. So like when I write, I sort of write like that. And, um, and, but I think working like, cause I work with a partner, you know, yep. a lot of times it, it helps, you know, 100%. me because, you know, um, do you, do you like working with a partner? I love, uh, yeah. I think when you have a good partnership, working with a writing partner is amazing. Yeah. So I mean, I have a partner that I work with a lot. Um, we're kind of like, we call ourselves like outcast, right? Like he'll do things on his own, all the things on my own and we'll do things together. Uh, but I think writing can be such a lonely thing that it's just amazing to have another person to bounce ideas off of and like, you know, talk through something when you're feeling stuck or whatever like I think it's huge it's hugely helpful it's why like the idea of a writer's room for tv makes so much sense right like people bouncing ideas and like everybody contributing something to it because it it creates more energy and more possibilities for it because when it's just you and your laptop you know chugging away on something it's like a very lonely kind of thing to do again weirdly enough I like to do at night you know (laughs) when it's probably the loneliest then too you know like that's But I like that because then I'm by myself. I can just sit back and just like midnight writing, you know, is probably one of my favorite things to do because it's just, you know, at that time, like my brain is ready to go to bed. And so that's when I think I feel like I give my best, you know, stuff because I'm like, you know, weirdly enough. Um, uh, So, I mean, and so you said you don't really have a time or anything. You just whatever you can fit in your schedule. No, my schedule is so random that it's like when I have, you know, when I have time, I got to I got to fit it in when I have time. I mean, it's (laughs) it's like it's like acting where, you know, the more you do it, the more practice, the more better. And and, but the less you do it the more you need to get back to doing it. You 100%. Know? And that's, that's how it's been. And like this year was not like a super, sorry, my light just died. It was not like a super productive year writing wise for me. Ooh, that, okay. Let's not have a seizure. Okay. There we go. Um, because I was so focused on um, the post-production stuff of Cold Was the Wind and like getting the, the you know, all the producer duties. So uh, it's also like different parts of your brain, right? So I have to also tell myself to like shut up the producer brain sometimes when I'm writing because I'm already worrying about like how are we going to afford that or da, 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 da. which is why it's also so nice when I write something that I'm not going to make like when I'm writing something that's just like a sample or a spec or whatever for somebody else because the, it's not my problem like how they're going to pay for it or how like expensive it's going to be to make it but when I'm writing something that I'm going to produce I also have to be cognizant of like the amount of locations and the amount of cast members and like we can't afford that effect and, da, 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 and all these things right so sometimes when I'm writing my like it, it, it can be hard to uh, have space for like the creativity that's needed to write when I'm like worrying about the producer stuff. So I'm like, producer Vic, like be quiet, go away now. Like this is, <laughs> we'll worry about that later. Let's write now. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Cause like a lot of times, especially when you're writing an independent film, you're thinking of the budget and stuff 100%. and you're thinking, you know, like Absolutely. I can't afford that. Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of like that happens so often. Like when we first are looking at, even our own projects when it comes time to like actually move forward and we're in pre-production or whatever it's like yeah looking at the script and looking at like what can we eliminate or what do we need to eliminate because we can't afford these things or that's going to not be worth you know the cost of this isn't worth the ROI it's going to give us and all that kind of stuff like so many of the of the decisions you make are based on that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. no absolutely 
So, um, also, I want to talk real quick about the the, the actor strike is over yeah, and the writer yeah. strike. So, yeah, both of them. Yeah. Are you are you extremely happy to get back to work? I am happy to get back to work. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Um, hmm. I think that there's still some things to work out. Like it'll be interesting to see how things go, like between now and the next time we negotiate contracts, because I don't think that it was quite as like rock solid as some people wanted it to be, um, in a few ways. So, uh, I'm curious to see what it will look like, like what the what things will look like kind of going forward. Um, I also think we're kind of in a in a period of um contraction right now in the business so i'm curious to see also like what is this pilot season going to look like and um you know just what are the opportunities that are coming out and how are things different and whatever so yeah definitely definitely happy to be back to work like you know happy that we have uh achieved some significant things you know both writers and act and actors and for everybody uh but um curious to like what things will just look like going forward you know what i mean like the AI situation, I know yeah, that's... AI stuff, and there's some interesting language on a few things. Uh, it's also just it's kind of I don't know. We are so far <laughs> from where we need to be that it's like kind of just depressing. Like if you look at the numbers, like what we've got, like the the increases in streaming and, and residuals and whatnot, it's like it's still so far from what we used to make when it was on network that it's like hard to be excited about it. If that makes any sense. Like I'm we're talking just about, scared. Like, Cause it's only like... two years. Right. So in two more years, you guys may go on strike again. Yeah. I hope not, but yeah. I hope not too, but like, yeah, uh, it's, I That's... guess it's all depending on how things go right now I with, so, you sure. know, for and sure. I, I wanted to touch real quick about the AI situation, because if I'm correct on everything, does that mean like they're going to ask you once you get to like um, a, a studio or something to sh to record whatever that uh, they can record you as an AI or whatever? And if you disagree with like, this is what I heard, like if you disagree that they will um, and I'm, I may be wrong, but then they could say, no, we don't want to cast you in this movie or TV. Yeah, show. that is that the language is basically kind of like that. Like not okay. So the reality, I don't know, it, it, whatever. Everything's changing so much. The reality is that it's still very expensive to do these digital replicas. So I don't think that that's something we should like um, be like. Oh, it's fine. It's really expensive to do that because it changes so quickly and like it won't be so expensive to do that forever. Um, but basically, a, a production is allowed to be like, hey, AI is a requirement of this, and you as an actor can be like, no, I don't agree to that. But then, yeah, the reality is they're just going to go hire somebody who is okay with that. So you have the right to be notified of it and you have the right to turn the job down. But like. You turn the job down, you may not have work. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So so what does that really like get us? And the language, too, is very. Mm, yeah. Like, again, I'm not trying to be down on whatever. Like, I appreciate our, the hard work our negotiating committee did. And I, I appreciate the gains that we're trying to make. But I just think that there still is some concerning language uh, around that and a few other things that's very like best efforts and like we'll make a, you know a reasonable effort and stuff like that and it's just putting a lot of trust like that means nothing and effectively like when you're saying language like that right there's no language. right there's no yeah it's, it's a little scary and yeah, i think that was what a lot of the i don't know 30 percent or whatever it was that disagreed sort of and everything yeah, but then yeah they didn't vote yeah that didn't vote for it or whatever yeah. but it, it got it went it got approved and so yeah, yeah you just need a simple majority and like the the reality is that like the sag negotiating committee most of them were behind it and sag has a very strong like 
propaganda arm like no offense but they were like pushing it hard right they 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 felt like it was good so they wanted the membership to pass it so like i always knew it was going to pass whether i voted yes or no i knew it was going to be a segment of people that did not vote it through but all they needed was you know 50 percent plus one so they were going to get that like i i, I feel like they were always going to get that um because they they were the ones pushing it so yeah but i don't know i'm not i'm not super stoked on it um even the language around self-tapes and stuff and like it's like a, again it's a lot of like best efforts and you know stuff like that that means nothing like a lot of stuff that means nothing um to me anyway the language uh you know i don't know we'll see we'll see i'm we'll see how it goes yeah you just don't know and that's like, that's the scary yeah. thing about going into 2024 and more is that like you just have no clue right now like yeah. what's what's what so i'm I'm a little worried, but I'm also, I mean, like, I, I just, I mean, I like as far as writing too, AI and everything is just scaring the crap out of me. Um, because like, I, I, I don't know if I would get a studio job, like, like, like if I was lucky enough to get a studio job and they were like, okay, now type this into AI and then go fix the script that they, they wrote. No one wants to do that. No one wants to be fixing a... I mean, I'm going to be a script doctor for yeah. a machine, you yeah, know? No like, that. that doesn't sound any fun. Yeah. And I mean, and, we already have... I feel like... Uh, look, like, what makes stories compelling is, like, the, the specificity of somebody's point of view, the specificity of their experiences, and, like, through that specificity, we all see our own stuff in it, right? There's, like, a beauty that the more specific you are, the more relatable you become. And it's, like, that heart that makes something compelling that it's like you already kind of see when when i feel like writers and creators are making stuff that they think people want versus that they feel passionately about it already shows like it already feels like it has no soul so can you imagine the amount like the stuff that will come out that is actually written by ai that literally has no soul like how bad that's gonna be it's just gonna feel so weird you know what i mean it's like the it's like in, in video game um or like animation they have the uncanny valley where like the closer you get to looking human the weirder it starts to seem to your eye because it's still not quite right right it's called the uncanny valley like so i feel like that's that's with writing it's like it's gonna feel so wrong because it's like lacks a soul you know what i mean it's yeah. well i mean people are already complaining about hollywood lacking soul that's what, I, that's what i'm saying you already you see know. that because you already see people doing the cash grabs and like you're you're watching stuff on netflix and you're like damn what what algorithm wrote this freaking thing you know what i mean so like, but it's not but it's actually i think as far as i know they're actually writers doing it and they then, are but but yeah so, exactly um but it's the this, the problem is like originally it was writers who um you know the writers wrote it and then the producers pick pick at it or whatever yes. And, yes. and then tell the writers this is what we need because of this this and this and then they go and and rewrite it and and make it the way that the producers want it right. then the director comes in and the director comes in and, and unless you're uva bowl uva bowl has his a a cast come in and then start yep. taking it apart so eventually you get like a um you know, you get a film that is is just completely written by committee and it's not like written by a writer. Yeah. And it's going to be like AI. AI is going to be included in that now, you know, and everything. And so I just I feel like that's just not going to that's not going to be any fun. I, I think no. we're going to we're going to see a big I bet I bet once they start really experimenting with it, they'll see how bad it's coming off and how people are just not interested in that. Hopefully and... that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It, it's a weird time, right? We're like we're living in like a literally like a cautionary sci-fi tale. It's like very weird. So we'll see. I hope we can pull it together. Come on humans. It's Get like something together. out of Blade Runner. For um, real. For real. For real. Yeah. 
and we've already had like the big disease thing, you know, yep. and everything. We just I need flying cars. Like, and yeah, exactly. I, I think I, we sadly, I don't think that's ever going to exist, but right. We got jipped out the cool one. <laughs> yeah. I, somebody make the, I mean, Elon Musk is trying so hard to get us into space. Just get us in the air, oh, like <laughs> driving in the air. Like I'd be good at that, you know? Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, I thank you so much. Um, yes, so cold blows the wind. Like, tell us a little yeah. bit more. Like, where can we find that? Yeah, like, so what's going doing, on with that? We're doing an exclusive release. Um, for the first few months, straight from our website, so that we can get a little bigger piece of the pie. Like, your money will go directly to us, the filmmakers, so we can keep making more movies. So you can rent and download it at coldblowsthewindfilm.com. We also have um dvds for sale some of them signed by me and jamie bernadette who's also in the film we have some merch and stuff too um so we're gonna be doing that for a while for the first couple months and then it'll be like you know on all the standard platforms um, a little bit later in the year so yeah we want to we want to take this little this little chunk in the beginning so we can um you know get the most bang for our buck and and try to recoup our costs and make some money as filmmakers because it is so how long is that going to be um, it'll be up there for like for like three months at least, um, and then in for we'll start hitting the platforms a little bit later in the year. Because okay. yeah, if if the the like the returns for filmmakers when you're on you know Tubi and Avod services, you're you're getting like point one penny per view, so it's it takes a whole lot of views to make your money back, as you can imagine. <laughs> well, actually, I've heard like Tubi though with the ads and stuff, they get a little bit more because of the ads and stuff because you have to watch. No, like... I mean that's what it comes down to though. You're making like uh like about a point one. You're making under you're making under a dollar per view on yeah. even on TV. And it varies widely depending on um the film itself and the ad and what they deem the ad space worth and whatever. But yeah, so it's not that it, yeah, it, it's just you're getting like a, a fraction of a dollar each view. And the worst part is if it doesn't even reach like an hour or something, you don't get anything. anything. So if yep. you have to make a really good movie uh, to yep. like attain people's attention because if yes. People don't want to watch the whole hour, hour and a half, whatever. They they won't. Um, this is we we've gotten to a time period right now where uh, there's so much content out there that so and people have. Me and my friend were watching a movie and we're like, we don't like this. So then we watched something else. We're like, we don't like this. And I was like, man, we can't find anything to watch. And he was like, I'm not wasting my precious life. To, on something i don't like you yeah, know and totally. everything and i was and like so many other choices right there's so many other things to do with your time so it's like yeah, yeah sure so there you go so yeah. if uh that and Tubi and other places so it'd be great to see you guys on Tubi or uh yeah. or uh hbo max oh my God, you know yes. whatever <laughs> yes it'd be great to be on hbo max yes i would love that i would love to have my own series on hbo max someday soon so yes that, that would be the that would be the ultimate goal but yeah in the meantime you can you guys can watch uh lexi and disgraced on tubi and amazon and all the usual spots but if you yeah. want to, if you want to support the filmmakers a little bit more you can go to Cobos the wind film and get it. yeah we talked about lexi on the last the last yeah. interview and everything and how much i enjoyed it and uh and uh, like everybody's seriously check it out on tubi because it's so funny Thank um you. you know it, it it's funny and it's scary at the same time like there's there's good moments to it and then it's like very uh it's got some really sort of disturbing ideas for for what how social media yes. influencers that, could be that's our niche disturbing ideas that's that's what we bring to you it should be like <laughs> your yeah, exactly. company's uh tagline disturbing ideas i like it disturbing like ideas it. all right <laughs> it works yeah yeah well, thank you so much, Victoria, and everybody thank else. You. Check her out. Uh, where can they find you? 
yeah so you guys can follow me i'm just at victoria vertuga my whole name on all the platforms except for not tiktok yet but maybe one day but yeah you'll find me on everything else <laughs> at victoria vertuga <laughs> everybody thinks like uh tiktok's the uh the dancing and singing or whatever thing it's not yeah. that anymore like it's it's a completely different thing now um yeah there's like everything I, there's all kinds of stuff i'm people are always sending me tiktok stuff to watch like i understand i just haven't you know, people send so. you tiktoks to oh well, yeah, see that's why you have the account right because yeah. you have one it just yeah. says like zero followers and yeah. zero zero anything uh zero anything zero it's like posts. incognito like no one knows it exists <laughs> well i mean you could find you if you look you up and then i'm just yeah. Like, yeah, wait a minute, what is she doing? She's wasting her TikTok here. No, Come on. Put your reel up there or something, know. you know? All well, right, fine. We'll <laughs> something, you know. Uh, see what? She won't be on TikTok for another year. You know? <laughs> Seriously. You gotta beat me down a little bit more mm-hmm. and then maybe peer pressure me in. Uh, no, I don't know. I'm done with peer pressure because I'm yeah, getting peer pressured yeah. to join everything. But TikTok's fun. I didn't think yeah. TikTok would be fun. And then I kind of got into it. So, uh, yeah, fair. You know, it's it's good for my podcast. That's about it. Yeah, <laughs> like it. that's all. I, that's all I use it for for clips. Um. So thank you so much, and yeah. everybody go uh, check her stuff out, and uh, definitely check out Lexi, and um, go to coldblowsthewind.com. Coldblowsthewindfilm.com. Yes. Film.com. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Go check that out. I'll put the links down in the bottom too, so you guys can check those out. So. Thank you. Uh, hope you guys have a good one, and uh, thank you so much. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.